Uh, welcome to episode 20 of the Tiny Disc Podcast. I'm Robert Scarpinito, and I'm joined here by Jack Cepeda. Hajime Mashte with Tashiwa, Jack Cepeda Desk, bong bong. Uh-huh. I kind of didn't expect that to be that clean. Uh, I'm and, a professional. Oh, really? <laughs> no. Uh, we also have Colin Sparling. How's it going, everybody? So, I want to ask you guys, mm. how... How frequently do you guys go to a restaurant, more specifically any sort of like chain restaurant, like a sit down restaurant where, you know, you sit down at a booth or whatever, waitress takes your order and you do that so, whole deal. How, how often would you say you do that? Eh, like once a month. Oh, God. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I go like once a week, multiple times a week, usually. Okay. Okay, so uh, the reason why I asked is there there was a story released a while back via Business Insider, right? Um, because it's a common trend nowadays to talk about how millennials are killing everything. Of course. Um, so, yeah. So to go along with that trend, there was a story that they released basically saying that casual dining restaurants, you know, th- those type of chain restaurants where you go sit down, they take your order, right. like i.e. Applebee's, <laughs> um, Chili's, right, got it. you know, those kind of restaurants. They're basically dying. Really? Um, In several locations, yeah, several locations, I think, I don't quote me on it, but I I think I saw a number saying that Applebee's was closing like over 100 uh, restaurants. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) I know. I am fully on board with this. I love how like the knee jerk reaction is, uh, oh, millennials must just suck rather than like, oh, Applebee's actually is one of the worst restaurants ever. Yeah. I'm feeding <laughs> off this news right now. Man, yeah, it's it's yeah. sustaining me too. I remember a really bad incident I had concerning some riblets at Applebee's, and that's all I'll say on that. What? I'll the leave you both in mystery. Is a riblet <laughs> exactly <laughs> what? Exactly my point. Never order a riblet if you ever go sit down at a restaurant <laughs> and you see riblet on the menu. Steer clear. Like I thought, McRibs were weird, but yeah, what? <laughs> Yeah, a McRib is basically Riblets. just a bunch of like ground pork, right? Like shaped in the form of flesh and bone, right? And then slathered with barbecue, right? Like that's what a McRib is. Right. It's shaped to look like a rib, but it's all It's so true, but I eat no, it. Anyway. Oh, I love it. Hey, I'm a I'm a <laughs> proponent of the McRib. McRib is back. Oh, dude, it's it's like processed american homogenized food at its finest there there was a crime (laughs) there was a crime committed against me a couple months ago where i ordered a mcrib on uber eats and i was like i gasped i like audibly gasped when i saw it on the menu as like selectable i was like yes i want a mcrib delivered to me and then they called me five minutes later and were like uh we don't have mcribs and i was like Oh. Yeah, it was. Yeah, oh. I know. It was just the. Oh, I was, my kind of dreams were dashed against the rocks. Night. My question is, how can you it, knowingly what? order a McRib through like any delivery service without worrying that the delivery driver is going to see it and be like, "Oh, that's mm, it's a McRib." <laughs> um, I don't. I know I shouldn't eat it, but it smells so good. <laughs> it's so American. I'm sorry, but but I ate it by the time I, I got. Sorry, it's too delicious. <laughs> yeah. to go buy another yeah, one. Are you so, Jack? I have no. an empty bag for you. Yeah. So you were saying <laughs> yes. though, Colin, you're. Yeah, so like not even just Applebee's, but like places like Buffalo Wild Wings too. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. TGI Fridays, Ruby Tuesdays, mm. like all of those are going downhill because fast casual is basically taken over over the past few years. Right. F- from you know, I think it was it said in this article, 1999 to 2014, it's became 
a sixty sixty six billion dollar sixty nine billion dollar <laughs> industry. Huh. Yeah. Uh, um increasing its profits by five hundred percent. Just places like Chipotle and your BB Bops and your Panda Expresses, like hmm. those those type of places, man, they're just they're killing it. And I mean, why do you guys think that is? I mean, I I think the biggest one personally is probably money because you know, a lot of younger kids don't have as much money. You don't have money to sit down and do the full restaurants, you know, thing, pay a tip and all that stuff. I don't know. I'd that be definitely willing, plays into it. I think part of it might just be psychology. You know, like it kind of feels a little bit more like you had a hand in making your Chipotle burrito than if you just ask McDonald's to give you a McRib. You know what I mean? Because it's like, I helped make this. I told them what to put in it. And it's like, I saw them do it. You know, like th- there's some kind of like well, yeah, psychological of trick there. I think a lot of it also, you know, comes with the thought or the common belief that most young people are kind of time poor and they don't have a lot of time to invest in dinner that that's, you true. know, when you go sit down at a TGI Friday or something like that, like, you know, it's going to be at least an hour on a typical night. And then you have to factor in the wait times and all this. You make a reservation. It's just inconvenient, you know, and it's all a matter of getting to the same end, which is just not being hungry anymore. So I think just people are much more, you know, it's it's quicker, it's more convenient, it's cheaper. Like, that's all you have to really say. And I just think it's kind of like a failure on those companies' parts to really want to evolve. You know, they think that, I mean, they've been around for decades. And they kind of, all those, right. all those restaurants you kind of uh, listed off there are kind of all legacy brands at this point. You know, we all grew up with them. We all know what they are. We all know what to expect. But I hate Applebee's with a passion. <laughs> I haven't been in an Applebee's. I'm telling you, I don't think I've been inside one in like 10 years at least. Good. It's been Good a long time. No, yeah, riblets, right? And uh, Baby back ribs. Right, and I just I think that there's you know uh, too much choice. There's too many options. There's too much really good kind of local food, you know, or local restaurants, you know, that aren't huge yeah. corporate, you know. Yeah, that's what I right. was. And, and that's true. It's like I don't ever really have a night where i'm hankering like hey i really want some chilies or some applebee's right now yeah it's more like one of it's if it's more if i do it at those places it's because of geographic convenience yeah you know what i mean and so i that's the thing too is like if i go to a place like applebee's and order say or chilies is a better example like their bowl whatever it's like something similar to the burrito bowl chipotle mm. it's going to cost at least you know three or four extra bucks and then you have to factor in the tip too which is something tip and yeah tip and god forbid if you decide to get a beer on top of that so you're like after that you're 15 dollars deep man <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so at least and half that at freaking chipotle so it sounds a lot better than to me yeah mm. and i've also noticed in myself whenever i go out to a restaurant like an actual sit down restaurant where i know i have to sit there and like wait for the food to be made it's usually a restaurant right. where it's like 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 Jack said, probably a local one where like I've heard like, right. oh, I hear great things about their burgers here or like I hear their wings are really good or something like that where it's like, you know, through word of mouth essentially that I want to go to like these places like Thurman's, for example. Right. Right. Whereas right. exactly like it's hard to say like, yo, have you tried Applebee's burgers? Like they're the best. <laughs> yeah. You, know, you should go try right. it on Applebee's. Right. It's a and, small and- local place. That's a fault of low quality food, first and foremost, but then also like poor marketing, right? Poor messaging. Like it's just not a valuable brand anymore concerning eight, maybe 18 to 35 year old crowd. They're looking for something else, you know, so. Right. And and it, that's, 
that's the thing too is it's like we were talking uh, in a show before like a big reason why you know i like to travel so much is to eat you know different foods from different places right and i mean if you go to a you know if i go to texas where jack's at right now and then like hey what'd you eat while you're in texas oh i ate applebee's (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> like you don't oh, do that. No, but guys, I know you know. I know people that definitely do. Like you know, when they're on vacation stuff, we'll go to like the the old staples. You know, there are those people exist. They 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 know what they like. They don't want you know fuss around with anything like that. Like go get a Big Mac. Go get. Uh, number three at Taco Bell with Mountain Dew, like I always do, and that's the thing. Well, you know? actually, that's funny that you mentioned Big Mac because, like, I've I've been to like international, you know, I've been to Korea and I've been to like Japan and stuff, and the McDonald's there are like worth going to, honestly. Right. <laughs> like, because they have different menu items. I think McDonald's surprisingly, <laughs> I'm gonna praise McDonald's for once. Like, they actually cater to like the local market, right? Like, mm-hmm. you can't get a teriyaki chicken burger here in America. An American right. McDonald's sounds good. Yeah, yeah. That, that's you know it's crazy how they do that. They vary it uh, country to country. Like in Japan, they uh, Burger King had that. You guys remember that that Squid Ink Burger? Or I was just going to bring that up. Yeah, it was yeah, Burger King. Yeah. One, dude, the bun the was all like bun. jet black. Oh. Yeah, dude, uh, shit was wild. That's disgusting. <laughs> yeah, dude. I actually uh, uh, IGN was actually in Japan when the promotion was happening, and I, I remember Brian Altano like like actually ordered one, and he sat down and he Whoa. ate it. And he's like, this isn't terrible, but it's so weird. Yeah. <laughs> I just I just assume that anything like that shiny black just tastes like black licorice. And I cannot. Oh, please don't. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. So we've got a pretty heavy packed episode for you today. Um, lots of big news happened in the gaming industry in the past week. So sit tight for that uh just want to say right up here at the top that we're still going to do our foreigner spoiler cast at the end uh it's not going to be as long as the blade runner 2049 one so it'll it'll be quick but it'll be fun it'll be an interesting discussion i think um but spoiler alert it's jackie chan and taken (laughs) yeah basically um i mean there's a little bit kind of ish more to it but we'll we'll get into that later that Uh, sounds good to me i'm sold on that those four words <laughs> jackie chan in taken yeah <laughs> yep sold um but while we're talking about movies uh the black panther trailer dropped uh earlier yep. this week i believe uh did you guys yep. get a chance to see that peep it of course yes mm-hmm. it was it was pretty great it was pretty great i'm not gonna lie yeah i was kind of surprised with how good it looked <laughs> yeah i was uh like you know and of course i don't have I don't watch a whole lot of superhero movies, and even I was, like, somewhat impressed. It still feels like, I don't know if it's going to pull me into the theater day one or anything like that, still, just because it still felt like a superhero movie to me, and that just, I don't know, that doesn't really appeal to me as much as it used to, but it definitely, if if I had to watch a superhero movie, I definitely think I would lean towards going to see that one if there was more than one in theaters or whatever. Um, I, I like the concept a lot, and plus I like... Uh, I always forget his name. The who 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 were we talking about just before the show, Jack? The uh, the dude who was in Fruitvale Station, uh, Michael B. Jordan. Him, yeah, I really like that actor a lot. So mm-hmm. that was kind of selling me on it for sure. What do you guys think? Yeah, he yeah, plays. I, oh, go ahead. Yeah, Michael B. Jordan plays the villain, right? Yeah, it looks like it. Yeah, it, that's what I got from the trailer. Yeah, yeah, I, I think with the movie, it um, 
because I I've made it clear that like Marvel movies have kind of fallen off them, right? Like the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like Spider Man was the first Marvel movie I'd seen in a long time, and I just found out today via Wikipedia that Black Panther actually showed up in was it Civil War? Yeah, yeah. he was yeah. in there. Yeah, I didn't know that. I just thought Black Panther was just like they're just starting a movie with him out of nowhere. Yeah, um, they usually roll them in now. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, from some other property, right? Like Spider Man was in Civil War too. That's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, I think the movie, it looks interesting. I don't know if I'd like, like Colin, I don't know if I'd watch it day one. Like, I think I'm more excited about Thor Ragnarok, but that's just because it looks like they're having a lot of fun with Thor Ragnarok. Uh, yeah. Do you, do you guys know when this movie's coming out? Did it say in the trailer? No. Is there a date? Yeah. It just says 2018 actually. Oh, wait, no, no. February. February. It's February. Okay. 2018. Yeah. So it'll be far away from when Thor comes out. Yeah, it was actually, uh, I think a big reason why that is is because it's Black History Month, which actually makes a lot of sense. Right, right. Really? Oh, wow. Weird. Okay. Jack, what did you, uh, what were your first impressions of the trailer? Well, I mean, it looked like kind of standard issue, you know, uh, Marvel superhero movie, which is not a bad thing. I don't mean to make it sound like that. Um, I definitely am going to go. I think it just looks like good old-fashioned fun. Um, I I like the setting. I like... Uh, Chadwick Boseman, he's the person that plays uh, Black Panther. I, I think he's a good fit for the role. Also, anywhere where Andy Serkis is, I will usually go. Uh, he plays Claw. And uh, I'm really excited because friggin' Angela Bassett's in. I never thought I'd say that sentence out loud, but Angela Bassett <laughs> in a Marvel superhero movie. She's just like this classically trained, like awesome actress that has been, you know, she's kind of like uh, the Meryl Streep, right? Mm-hmm. Of, uh, what else, should, what else has she been in? I don't. I couldn't think of it. Oh my reason, gosh! She, I can't yeah. even go. It's like what, what's what's her big what's her bigger movies? How many past? movies have like you know uh, Morgan Freeman been in? Like she's been in ev- everything, man. She's she's a legend. So I don't know if she has an Oscar or anything like that. But just check out her IMDb. It's like you know a football field long. Um, again, you said Michael B. Jordan is in it, uh, playing Eric Killmonger. And it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a good time. I, I have full faith in it. And I even... That name, though, Killmonger. Killmonger, yeah. Uh, Killmonger. I am even more excited now, though, to learn that Ryan Coogler is directing and writing it. This is no less than his third straight movie with Michael B. Jordan in it. You may, you might recognize Ryan Coogler's name in the directing role for uh, 2013's Fruitvale Station. And then also following up with uh, the 2015 film creed which i think is an excellent film it's on hulu i want to say or maybe netflix it's on one of those but man check out creed it's a very very good somewhat underrated film you know so, that's that's a really like interesting track record there that's like a, those are big contrasting movies you know what I mean? going from yeah. creed to a superhero movie is a, that's a big jump yeah i mean yeah it's and again with michael b jordan it's gonna be it's gonna be cool to see how uh he reacts with his kind of favorite actor now in the villain role, right? Instead of the protagonist role. So hmm. I, I'm i ready for this movie. Uh, the trailer the trailer sold me. It, it got me hype. I like the music in it. I like the dialogue. It just, it, it looks fun. Yeah, I can see that. Well, if it gets Spider-Man level reviews, I'll 100% see it. So, right. I think I'm not expecting that. I'm expecting more uh, something of the caliber of maybe Ant-Man. Mm. rather than spider-man mm. homecoming you know which i'm completely fine with i loved ant-man i still haven't seen ant-man and i love paul rudd i don't know <laughs> what i'm waiting on it's a good movie it's <laughs> i i thought it was a lot of fun i thought it was very funny 
Uh, it's, it's the most comedic, I think, of all the Marvel uh, movies. And then they are coming out with Ant Man and Wasp, right? That movie, yeah, is coming I think out. So. Yeah. So, so hey, yeah. Uh, Paul Rudd is just a really likable actor. Come on, guys. He's a very he's charming funny. guy. <laughs> he never ages. Um, have you ever seen? Really have you ever doesn't. Have, He doesn't. I know. He looks exactly the same as when he was in Clueless, right? With Alicia Silverstone guys, back in the 90s. He did, a, he did a Super Nintendo commercial back in the day. Yes, he did. Excuse me? <laughs> yes. Yeah, he did. Now oh, you're playing good. with power. It's yeah, really it's good. So man. Great. It's funny. Google it when, <laughs> if you get bored, but it's so awesome. But anyway, so, I'm I'm curious. Like, do either of you two know anything about Black Panther? Like, like cor- comic book origins or anything like that? Um, so I don't know. I don't think this is true for the comics. But from what I'm hearing, according to Marvel, he's like the smartest person in the Marvel universe, the cinematic universe right now, or something like. He's like, you know, smart boy. I don't know how true that is. Smart but, boy. Well, I yeah. mean, that might smarter be than tr- Tony's smarter than Tony Stark. Yeah, apparent allegedly. Yeah, Whoa. like he's just his intelligence level is just through the roof. Apparently, like I was gonna bring up Doctor Reed Richards, but then I remembered Fox owns Fantastic Four and they run it in the ground right. every four years. Oh, yes. And Michael B. Jordan was in that one too. Remember, he was a Human Torch. Oh, <laughs> oh the there newer th- one. Yeah. yeah, there are through lines here. God, that movie <laughs> was so garbage. I didn't even see that second one. I saw. I, was like, I saw yeah. the last twenty minutes while I was in Pennsylvania How last year, and it was like, why? This is so bad like really? all, dude the cg is bad like everything is like the the tone is like it's like playing a video game from 2007 <laughs> there's there's nothing but like great like very dark grays and greens and browns on screen like yikes yeah <sighs> it, it was just it was just bad just zero out of ten don't watch right i don't know i find it really cool that like um so i actually did a little research on the origins of black panther because you know he's a hero like He's not one of the bigger, well-known heroes. Like, if you talk about Marvel in passing, he's probably not often going to come up, I don't think. No. Oh, no. no. I had no idea about him, really, before they right. announced this movie. Right. But what I find really interesting is that uh, he's actually the very first prominent black comic book superhero that was created. Like, he debuted in, like, 1966. You know, every oh, other really? like, black hero before then didn't really have like superpowers or anything like that. And it's just kind of cool that like, you know, now here in 2017, like it's one of the first superhero movies that's like definitely flo- focused on like that same culture, which, you know, I think it's it's mm. neat to see it come back like that. Yeah. Uh, um, who was the who was the other big uh, black superhero? Surely you're not talking about Spawn. No, that movie's terrible. No. No, it's uh, oh. Donald Glover jokes about it all the time. Uh, uh, do you mean the Black Spider Man? Well, that that there, there's him too. That's but, a good uh, song. Oh, man, I, I can't think of his name. Shaft. Uh, Shaft uh, is not a superhero. <laughs> He's a pimp. Because uh. <laughs> listen. He's not a superhero. Are you serious? I can't tell if you're joking or not. I don't know if I'm joking either. But he, like, he's the, a bad mother. Shut your mouth. <laughs> no, listen, because I don't really know anything about him. All I know is they they were uh, they were talking because it was Donald Glover was talking about it and how people were wanting him to play Spider Man, and then he brought up Shaft and like, mm-hmm. oh, we want he to play Shaft too. So I just I guess I sort of assumed he was a superhero. Black so Black Dynamite. <laughs> That's really Black Dynamite. Yes. Black Dynamite is a superhero now. So you've seen that film, right? My favorite scene, my favorite quote, spoilers for Black Dynamite is, I threw that shit before I walked into the room. <laughs> <laughs> 
Dude, I <laughs> actually really like the animated series they did yes. on Adult Swim for a while. It was yes. actually pretty great. Oh, Black Dynamite is an absolute gem. It's Yo, hilarious. It, shout out to Afro Samurai, though. Mm, that's a classic. <laughs> Dude, Afro Samurai is so great. Yeah, don't is play that, the is video that a game, motherfucking though. RPG? <laughs> uh, well, while we're talking about video games, let's roll right into our video game section. You guys want to talk about games? See, yeah, let's talk about games. Even though I don't have a game to talk about this week, but hey, hey. So I want to kick things off. Um, I've been playing Etrian Odyssey Five for the past like twenty-four hours because it just dropped yesterday. Uh, I'm very so, interested wait, in you, this. You played for the past 24 straight I'm, hours? I, I did not know. <laughs> no. I would but, totally believe if you did, because you finished Persona 5. Yeah. So that, it's, that, it's, that it's, it's in you. goodness. I didn't finish that in one day. Ooh. Okay, uh, so I'm very excited for this game. What has it been? Three, four years since Atrian Odyssey 4? Well, I while. think the, the most recent game was Etrian Odyssey 2 Untold, or like Untold 2, mm. or... No, maybe that wasn't. I'm not sure. But the uh, mainline Etrian Odyssey game, though. Well, yeah, but like the Untold series is kind of like, I don't know, I consider it kind of part of the mainline because they basically take one and two and like redo well, it in the new graphics and give it a story. Okay, so, so what I'm saying is this is five that came yeah. out. When did four <laughs> yes. come out? Four, I want to say tw- 2012 or 14. Okay, that was um, the last one I played and it's a great game. Oh, it's such a great game. Um, and Etrian Odyssey 5 does it improves on Etrian Odyssey 4 so much but for those of you who haven't played it it's um it's this Atlas RPG JRPG for the 3DS that uses the 3DS in the best way I have ever seen any RPG use it so it's a first person dungeon crawling game you know so you're going through like tile by tile like you move forward turn left and right and move forward again um and you're just going through a gigantic labyrinth that uh, on average is like 30 floors um, wow. and yeah, that it, trust me, it's not quick. Like you're going to be spending a lot of time with this game. Like I've been playing for maybe three or four hours and I maybe just got to the third floor. It really justifies the use of the touch screen. Like you said, cause so for people that never played an Etrian Odyssey game or a game of this type, uh, Sharon, the Wanderer is kind of like this too, right? Uh, you, you know how you play, like, let's say, like, a Zelda game or some Metal Gear or whatever, and the map is always in the top right corner or Zelda something, you know, some game like that. This is a game where you are in dungeons that the onus is on you to draw the map yourself. You're the cartographer, and you have to do it. You have to draw as you're exploring. So imagine, like, going to this giant cave and then having to draw out in a grid form where all the enemies are, where all the items are, where the doors you can unlock are, where the doors you can't unlock are, where all the boundaries are and it sounds maybe kind of tedious but it does something to my brain man it really like scratches this weird uh, ocd itch that i have to like fully explore maps and to just discover so it really uh engenders that that need to really go into every corner every new cranny of every floor right yeah, and it's if like you've... uh it's like an old school throwback to the fantasy star games yeah and if you find that like daunting Etrian odyssey 5 uh kind of makes it easier in that in the settings you can turn on like auto mapping so that way when you're walking around like the it just fills in the walls and the floor for you Uh, i hate that i hate that too but it's a good way of like if that turns you off from the game (sighs) then you know you can just turn that on but you're the person in final fantasy that runs from every fight rather than fighting it like this is for you then yeah to me etrian odyssey like more than half the fun is like the mapping i think just because of all all the things you can do with it um 
like for example i usually mark wherever i find a chest and i usually like write down what item i got out of that chest even though like that's not going to help me 20 hours from now but it's still like the fact that i can do it i do do it you know right um, right i mean i think though like if you're the type of person that's going out of your way to play a series like atrian odyssey anyway you're probably the same type of person that's going to sit there and draw out the maps. Yeah. Um, and then the combat is like basic turn based, you know, like you have five people in your party, you give them orders and then like the turn order happens and then the next round starts. Um, the combat is kind of unforgiving too. It's a little difficult. Um, like you can easily get one shot at in the beginning if you don't prepare your party well enough or if you don't think about what armor to put on who. And there, there are some like hidden stats in a way of like, you know, it's it's all intuitive, but, like, for example, heavy armor, you will go later in the turn order than, like, people wearing light armor. Like, that just makes sense, but they don't explicitly tell you uh, that kind of stuff. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and the fifth game here, it, like, they were boasting all of these, like, customization options, like, um, for your characters. Because you create all your characters from scratch. None of them are, like, canned, you know, like, with backstories and you know, like with goals or whatever, it's like mm-hmm. characters you create. So any story that happens with them, it's like, that's what you create in your mind. Um, and usually you could choose like four portraits and just like the, that's your character, like choose from four portraits per class in this game. Not only can you choose from those four different like presets, but then you can like change their hair color, their eye color, and then like choose from 40 different voices, like 20 for guys, 20 for women. Wow. That's different. Yeah, um, the voices, I'm surprised how much of an addition that is, because in Untold 2, like, since the, that was, like, a story-based game with created characters, like, they obviously had voices for them to give them more life, but the normal Etrian Odyssey games, characters don't have voices, so it just kind of feels harder to connect with them, you know, like, mm. you think of them more as, like, that's my tanky DPS, instead of, like, that's Gerald, the, it, the it, of Rivia. Right, if know? they don't have voices, it sort of depersonifies them kind of thing. Right. So now that they have voices, you know, whatever, like heal someone, my healer is like, take this. And then they're like, oh, thanks. Or, you know, like, I didn't (laughs) need that or anything, you know, like they have personality. So it's really Uh cool to see. Um, Nice. Yeah. And other than that, it's it's still like your typical Etrian Odyssey game in terms of, you know, there's a big labyrinth and the town wants you to explore that labyrinth. And you end up being the one guild that gets all the way to the end because you're the main character. It's the dungeon crawler, you know, kind of template which yeah. is good right yeah would you say it's like a good jumping in point for someone who's new to the series i would say so yeah it's probably the most friendly um of the etrian odyssey games like it's still yeah. gonna be hard you know like right it's right not easy but like i mentioned that auto mapping thing is like a good way right. to kind of get into it um the all the customization options kind of makes you feel more connected to your character so you care a little more See, Robert, for me, so much of the, the reason I don't like that mode is because so much of the fun of that game is filling out the map yourself. For me. Same. But I can imagine someone new, like, feeling daunted by, you know, it's like, man, what if I mess up the map or something? You know what I mean? Or like, right. you know, it, it, it's a pretty surmounting task. Like, not many games out there are like, but you draw your own map. Like, could you imagine mm-hmm. Skyrim? But it's like, you have to draw the map. Uh, yeah. It's, yeah, it's not but, a common practice. Yeah. So you would say the game is a good starting point and it's somewhat punishing, but not too off putting to people new to the genre. 
Yeah, so they have like Fair two. Enough. Yeah, basically, because there are two difficulty levels: there's basic and advanced. And I tried advanced because I was like, oh, I've, I've beaten an Asher Odyssey game before. This yeah. is fine. <laughs> uh, I got one shotted by like the first Ooh. mobs you run into. Oh, what? yeah. So mm. I turned it down. I still like. I still <laughs> would occasionally get one shotted, and then I was like, all right, let's throw some armor on them. I wanted to like save my money and buy the next tier of armor, but I broke down and ended up buying the beginning armor. Can you toggle the difficulty on the fly, or do you have to restart a whole new save? You can toggle the difficulty on the fly. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, it's um, it's definitely like if you feel like you bit off more than you can chew, you can just turn it down a little bit. Awesome, man. No, yeah. I, I, yeah, I couldn't find the funds this week to get that game, but I didn't even know it was coming out until you mentioned it uh, earlier this week, and I am hype on that series, so uh, it's going to be on my list for sure. I'm, I'm glad to see that 3ds games still are coming out. Some yeah. you know some rather uh, kind of tentpole uh, releases, anyways, with with Metroid and then with this and like so honestly, 3ds is not dead. Yeah, like not here's yet. the thing though. Honestly, this might be the last game I buy from my 3ds because I I haven't touched my 3ds since uh, Pokemon Sun and Moon. Honestly, and now the mainline Pokemon games are moving over to Switch, so right. that's going to be even less you know reason to play 3ds. Yeah, it's definitely in its sunset period, right? Yeah, it's going to happen sooner rather than later. And switches, they've just increased capacity to produce switches. Did you see that mm-hmm. Nintendo like uh, updated to produce up to two million units a month now? So they're going all in on switch and, and 3DS and 2DS, whatever that new one that came out. Like, you know, they're they're only going to get cheaper and cheaper, I think. Yeah, I can see yeah. them being phased out. Like, I know the, there's like Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon coming out, but like that's not going to save the 3DS's lifespan, I don't think. Oh, no, but there's still going to be tons of people that buy it. <laughs> probably not also, as much though because it's the same thing as like black 2 and white 2 like right. that didn't see as much widespread success as like the original like black and white real quick just while we're talking about switch a little bit did you guys also see that popular science uh that that famous kind of engineering and scientific magazine right they uh announced that the switch is like the best piece of like entertainment tech of the year for everything that came out, the Nintendo that's, Switch. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, that not the cool. iPhone X or not the Xbox One X or any graphics card. Like that. It was the Switch. So, I mean, I mean there, there's a lot of tech going on in those Joy-Cons. Yeah. You know, I, they're they're packed with tech. Like, I have to say, like, I, I was, like, kind of on the fence about buying it day one, but I'm so happy I did. Like, it's such a cool console. It's such a cool idea. Yeah, I haven't had is. very many issues with uh, the Joy-Cons losing any... Uh, they're they're sinking with the unit i had those early on for whatever reason but it seems to have remedied itself somehow so that's oh, good, to hear. I'm good yeah man mario comes out in less than 10 days nine days it's next, oh, next friday it oh, is upon man. us i don't know if i'll yes. dude i might not i might just say screw the mother point by this instead i don't know no i'm torn i don't know what to do i'm getting two games that day because wolfenstein 2 new colossus coming out. I, i'm so torn because i want to get that and i'm also considering the assassin's creed game i'm not sure it's don't consider this Assassin's Creed game no. it's looking pretty would, solid i would wait and see on assassin's creed no yeah. on those three no new colossus was the one that's fair and, yeah of those man three. i i'm already prepping for mario though i'm already throwing my hat at everything uh, when did Friday become the day that games get released now? It used to be Tuesday. I guess it's more a... It shifts. Uh, I mean, the, there's so, there was a few games that were released on Sunday before. Nintendo especially would release games on Sunday. It was kind of decreed in Japan because if they released it on weekdays, too many people skip school. 
don't know if you guys mm-hmm. know that or not. So that's why Nintendo, oh, no that's why Sundays became popular. Yeah, especially with Dragon Quest. I think they actually passed like some kind of law or some kind of like prefecture edict in Japan <laughs> where like, you know, uh, uh, a uh, that's a good name for this episode, by the way. <laughs> but, prefecture but, uh, edict. Yes. But yeah, they were having too many kids skip school, right? For Dragon Quest. So that's they said they ha- they, they're not allowed to come out on, on weekdays anymore. I'm pretty sure. That's pretty insane. Yeah. Uh, Jack, have you been playing anything this week that you want to talk about? Uh, yeah, I am still into some of that Cuphead and Mugman madness. Uh, I'm playing it on the PC. I kind of messed up. I kind of messed up because I guess I got the wrong version. I bought the Steam version. And had I known that if I got the Microsoft Windows version, whatever the fuck you call that store, that terrible store, I would have been able to play it on an Xbox One and cross-play, right? And like pick up and play anywhere, etc. So I messed up and got the Steam version, so I won't be able to do that, sadly. Oh, uh, no. no. I am no, so sorry cares. for yeah. your loss. I don't oh. even own an Xbox console. So I was, was going to say, you know, I was like, about do you even future. own an Xbox? No, no, but I mean, the Xbox One eventually, maybe one day when I actually get a, a proper like OLED TV or something like that, that will actually harness the energy, uh, you know, I'll, I'll look into it in the future, but no time mm. soon am I going to do anything like that until I move. Uh, anyways, playing Cuphead and I'm like, I don't know, probably 80% through the second world. Last time I left off, I was all the way through the first world. There's only like three worlds. Or, oh. or in like maybe like a finale. It's not. I mean, but it's still a long game because I spent like forty five minutes, man, on one boss. And let me tell you, like, a few games are able to just draw the white hot rage out of me, like Cuphead. Like I was so angry. I was saying things that I'm glad I was by myself. Because <laughs> did did, they did were you just... almost pull a uh, a uh, PewDiePie? No, no, no. <laughs> but I was just saying really terrible things at the screen, and I was like about to like throw my controller. Like very few games get me that this uh, triggered, but the bosses are tough. They're fair. They're fair, I'd say, but they are very difficult. Um, so I'm still having fun with that. I have a little bit of criticisms. I wish that you could kind of like in Splatoon too. I wish you could try out weapons before you buy them because when you're in the store, the stakes are so high. There's no, there's, it only auto saves. And every time you do something, it auto saves. You can't go in there and decide when it saves or what to load or what state. So the second you spend, at least from my perspective, the second you spend coins, which are very few and far between, uh, you're, you're kind of tied into the purchase and there's no way to try out what you're buying before. Yikes. So yeah, so it's very nerve wracking because I because you only read a very short description of what the weapon does and how it behaves, and then you're stuck with it. Kind of, there's no way to go back that I can tell. Um, and the way you get the coins is there's like two platforming stages uh, per world, and the rest are just straight up boss rush kind of things, right? And so in each platforming stage, there's five coins. So there's a total of ten coins, and some weapons cost five coins on their own, or some power ups cost four coins. Like it's it's very very you know uh risky to to spend coins uh so that's one criticism i have and and of course the difficulty is is really ridiculous it definitely is harkening back to you know eight big games 16 big games etc bullet health style shooters um i'm having fun you know but i just oh i just i know i want to go back there i know i I am committing myself i want to beat this game like the drive is in me, the motivation is in me, but I just know how hard it's going to be. And I'm like sort of looking forward to it, but also like I need to like 
meditate or something before <laughs> I go back into the game because it's so, it makes me so angry. Man, just use your um, game genie. Just use your game genie. There you go. <laughs> game, yeah, pull up game that game shark. shark. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, cheat engine. I, you know what I did do, though? This is how you know you're a PC gamer. If you ever have to go and edit INI files for your game to get it to do something, you're a PC gamer. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you will one day when you get into PC gaming. But I had to go in and make and, and edit a, a file script line uh, to make the game fit in 21 by 9 because it doesn't natively. And it looks awesome like that. It looks so good. It doesn't give you more gameplay. It lets you, it shows you the screen, the size of the screen, but you can't like like make your character walk there or anything like that. But you can you can still see like part of the area if that makes sense. Yo, that's, that's awesome. Cool. Yeah, yeah, it's better than nothing. Better than black bars or gray bars. You know, like uh, the new South Park game that just came out this week. Uh, that doesn't support twenty one by nine. Just puts like gray bars there. So it's like bleh. lame. Yeah, yeah, not pref. I don't know. The only the only thing I've been hearing about Cuphead recently, aside from like the whole difficulty debacle is that the second to last boss of the game is like the worst like Hmm. the absolute worst so last i guess pepper your angus i i know it's gonna i know what i'm getting into i'm because this game is like i said it's not that long but you spend like half an hour 45 minutes at each time with each boss so that's kind of what takes forever and it's so nerve wracking when you know, when because it shows your progress as well. Like when uh, you die, it shows you how close to death the boss was. And nothing is worse than seeing that you're like one hair of a percent away from killing them. And Yikes. that's when you die. Hey, that, man. Those are the nerve wracking parts where you're just like, Grr! you just want to punch a hole through the wall. No, I, I feel that like especially I know a lot of people like to uh, compare this game to like Dark Souls or whatever, which doesn't really doesn't really make too much sense to me just just because the game's fucking hard doesn't mean it's dark souls i agree Um, with that anyway i i've and dark souls i i that happened to me so many times because we i call it getting greedy but you know because you get to that part in the boss fight where you have you know you just drink your last health potion estes flask and you're you know you got like a maybe a less than a quarter of that boss's health bar left so you're like hitting him down hitting him down hitting him down hitting him down you got like one one hit left on him and he's hitting you he's doing damage to you you're like okay i can get this one last hit in and then he gets a hit in before you you die <laughs> literally yeah. before you can get yeah. that last hit in <laughs> yeah well, i i think the difference though is that with dark souls you see their health bar live as you fight them but exactly. from my understanding right jack you, you don't see how no. close you oh, are oh yes yeah, you don't see it but what happens is there's like different stages right there's like different phases different transformations of the battle it's a big long battle and and it oftentimes is random as to what's going to happen next, even though it goes in phases. I don't know if that makes sense or not. Mm. But you, you, but you, so you can tell how far along the battle you are depending on what their form takes or how they're attacking you. Mm. You know, so you know kind of how far along you are, but you don't know exactly when it's going to switch to the next form, how much damage you have to do, etc. Things like that. Gotcha. And I would say Cuphead would be more like Dark Souls if, like, okay, you die and then you have to now fight the same boss you fought with no with with no weapons or just very tiny pea shooter and you have to do the same amount of damage that you did last time with all the weapons and if you don't then it just delete your save and you have to start all the way from the beginning then it would be like dark souls but dark souls no they, no that's not how dark souls works but okay no. okay hold on a second so <laughs> oh, i'm not gonna no. argue with you guys about dark souls anymore <laughs> but when you go to dark souls and you're playing dark souls and you get a bunch of souls and then you die Right? Don't you have to like go back and like pick up your souls? And if you don't, then you like basically lose all your progress. Right, but you Isn't don't lose all your you, you lose all your souls. You don't necessarily lose your, your progress. Like, yeah, you're, it doesn't take away your, your weapons. Taking this, 
okay you guys are taking this too literally but it sucks <laughs> dark souls sucks the end yeah, well, that's that's why you just run in to the boss <laughs> arena and you're like hello i'm here to pick up my souls first you just, you just go for exactly. it you go if only it were that easy and can't people like also like from the internet like come in and like totally sabotage you too like whenever they want to not during yeah. a boss fight just because like, that's fun right otherwise yeah. yeah i usually turn off the online for dark souls i'm not gonna lie i'm not a fan of it okay. and um, dark souls I one i did dark souls two three and bloodborne i was online all the time yeah, I know there are people who are like big fans of that PvP. PvP is fun. Couldn't tell you. I, I guess I don't know. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's that's all. That's Cuphead. Hey, it's still good. <laughs> it's one of the best looking games of the entire year. Uh, one of the best original soundtracks. This is going to be like you know, if there were an Oscar for video games, this would be like the one to watch out for during Oscar season. Oh, you, you should know, talk to Jeff Keighley about that. Yeah, the exactly. Keelys, yeah, the Keelys. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and guys, it is, uh, you know, we're over. We're in the second half now of October. Like, it seems like it's far away, but, like, you know, it's it's going to be coming up a game of the year season before you know it. We only got about five, six weeks. So yeah, I the Keelys and uh, PSX, too, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be, be a f- Yeah, this year especially. We always talk about how freaking great this year is for video games yeah um, and uh I, wait one one more thing on cuphead real quick everyone complains about how hard it is but i'm sure there's already speedrunners for this game <laughs> sure yeah yeah there's yeah, people there's, there's people i mean just, there's achievements to beat the game without uh without even getting hit so yeah there's, I, there's crazy that's speed ridiculous runs, yeah. i mean there's already yeah. like a huge circle jerk of like oh cuphead isn't that hard it's like oh of course like i'm sure i'm sure it's on uh v on 4chan and shit like that like Cuphead, right. just not, it's not even good. It's just like whatever. <laughs> I think it's a great game, and I can't think of anything that looks like it. Or uh, it definitely has a familiar gameplay uh, feel. But again, it I I would encourage people to check it out. Sounds good. Uh, let's move on now to the news section. This week has been insane for news. Like yeah. so many big things happened. Some it's like it Monday. In- Monday, there was like almost nothing really to talk about, and then so much can change in forty-eight hours. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, it's like someone o- just opened a closet, a bunch of skeletons fell out, and I don't know. Wh- whoops! What are these doing here? Yeah. All right. So <laughs> let's kick things off. Um. So this happened a little earlier in the week. I want to say this was around uh like the weekend or Monday, perhaps. Or no, it was last Friday. Um, humble bundle the store that for pc games were like you can pay what you want usually like a dollar or like you know if you meet certain like averages and stuff you get more games out of it but you know it's always like a good sale um they oh and they also donate their money to charity which is you know it's nice they've just been acquired by ign you know 10 out of 10 ign those guys (laughs) so now a game reviews website owns a game publisher who is also a game seller right and they, there's a marketplace in the humble bundle it's not just about the charity you know and the bundle drops or whatever like that there's a, like an open commerce site right where you can go to humblebundle.com and purchase games whenever you want to so now like you said ign and more at large ziff davis uh mm. are in the business of rating games telling you which ones are worth buying and then also selling you said game so it's a slippery slope at least it used to be it seems to be more accepted now i don't know if anyone's if everyone's truly aware of like the situation now yeah 
and I mean, it, it's also just interesting because it, it's again like Humble Bundle isn't just a seller; they also publish games. Like they recently published Hat in Time, so right. it's also the market of like we're going to tell you this game is nine out of ten, but also we published it. But you don't need to know that. That's yeah, click point. click the button here for <laughs> the digital download. <laughs> right, nine out of ten. Man, it like ever since this whole deal went down, it's just been nothing but negative comments, and I completely understand. Like what? What are we supposed to think about? You know what I mean? It basically yeah. just throws their credibility out the window. You, you know what I mean? Like any any given game, they could be like, okay, we need to push sales on this one, so we just give it, you know, give it a good rating. It just it's sleazy. It's the general concept just sounds sleazy. It, it's I mean, a slippery slope. It, it and it you know there's a precedent set already for this, right? So GameStop and Game and Informer. Game Informer. Right, they will push you. I'm sure everyone that's been to a GameStop before has been asked if they want a subscription to Game Informer. If you want to join the Power Up Rewards Club and etc., if you want to pre-order X Y Z, right? So th- this has happened uh, already, right. and IGN's just trying to get in on that sweet, sweet video game money. Right, it, it's, it, dude. It's it's almost like almost like uh, another GamerGate, like on a different uh. on a, on a smaller scale or like a different in a different way. In I that, would not throw that word around lightly. I know, no, I just no, no, no. Say, like, did he just say a cuss word right now? Like, I, well, <laughs> did you just cuss? <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like in that, like think about it. They uh, GameStop published that game. Uh, what was it? Uh, uh, the the submarine game, the side scrolling submarine game. Uh, what's it called? No, no clue. <laughs> Under the Way sea, to bring up under, things you don't know anything about. Yeah. <laughs> under, under, the, under the sea or something like that, I, it's, it's going to come Sun, to me. Are you thinking sunless sea? No. That's, that's it, it's like you're like looking for your dad and you, you play like a little girl in a submarine. It was published by GameStop. Anyways, the point being, uh, I, w- mm-hmm. I would... Uh, Song of the Deep. That's what it was called. Song uh, of the Deep. Yes. Yeah. So what's to say that it wasn't positively reviewed in game Informer just because it was made by GameStop or published by GameStop. You know what I mean? It's that, it's that kind right. of idea that it's making or it, it, on the other side of the coin too. What if the editors or reviewers are so concerned with that subject that they rate it harsher than they would have if it wasn't right. A, a GameStop kind of game. Right. But like, how do it we, just, how it do just we know? Introduces, yeah. It just introduces a lot of fog, a lot of noise, a lot of distraction but it's all in service of the almighty dollar. That's why IGN's doing this because they see it as profitable. Right. Yeah, they, see and, they can make money from this. That's why they're doing it. Here's the thing is that IGN, they released a statement saying that like integrity is something that they hold in high regard, of course, and that they would never let this sully any reviews moving forward. And We're it's talking like, about the but, website well, that had that one chick lick a PSP, by the way. What was her name? I don't know. Gosh. Um, but here, here's the thing. It's like, it's it's fine and all to like say that. But Bill Clinton did also say, I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Whoa. You know what I mean? Like words are words, you know, like Whoa, and, and it's, right. it's hard to it's hard to prove this. Right. Like there's no easy way to prove like, you know, the fact that we own a market that's selling this game is not affecting our eight out of ten score on this game. You know, right. it's like, yeah, that's and, it, that's impossible to prove or deny. Is this not? I mean, you you went to school for journalism. Is this not like the textbook like conflict of interest? Absolutely, you know? right? <laughs> Absolutely, and, that, and that's why yeah, that's why I brought up Gamergate. That's why I brought up Gamergate because it was it kind of reflects the uh, the Zoe Quinn situation a little bit about how was, another word I don't right. ever want to hear on this podcast again. <laughs> well, just how like you know she made that game and supposedly it got good reviews because she was basically sleeping with the dude that got a, you know gave it a good review. 
So yeah, but I think that's a lot more personal than this is like. Well, we're it talking is, about it is, but this, it is. A, this is merger and acquisition, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's like IGN sleeping with Humble Bundle. Uh, yeah, it's more yeah, like right. that. Exactly. Where is this conversation? <laughs> I don't know anymore. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just uh, like I want I want to believe you know reasonable doubt that IGN's not gonna you know fuck this up. Just like I want to believe we live in a world like that, just but I think it them. says just trust them. Yeah, it says something when like the gaming industry is generally very cynical about this kind of stuff, right? You right. know, yeah, I mean, I don't, even, I don't even really rev- review or, uh, or excuse me, rely on uh, IGN for reviews anymore. Anyway, so I mean, they're not my sole go-to place for reviews anymore. They're really not. Right. No, I think same for me. Yeah. yeah. Like what'll be interesting is seeing like the next time Humble Bundle publishes a game, right? Like if they publish Hat in Time 2 or something like that, it'd be really interesting to see like across the gamut, you know, like GameSpot and like independent reviewers, Game Informer, uh, Giant Bomb, Rock, Paper, Shotgun. They all give kind of like middle of the road reviews, but then IGN's standing up there like a sore thumb. Nine out of 10. It's pretty good. <laughs> right. <You know? laughs> yeah. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, definitely how it unfolds yeah i don't think yeah i don't are. think jason schreier or any of them will be having any of that though knowing those guys yeah i mean again this is one of those we'll wait and see what happens but also right. how will we know if we're seeing <laughs> yeah exactly whatever we know. whatever is happening they're just yeah. asking you again to just you know turn your head and trust the goodness of man right like we're gonna have uh like that person that comes to us in like a black hood so it's like hey so you want some information you want it in <laughs> on the games industry you want to see what's going on between Humble Bundle and IGN? Yeah. What and are you buying? Like, what I'm, are you I'm selling? A, I'm a little surprised, too, that, like, Humble Bundle accepted this deal. It makes me wonder if maybe there were, like, some financial issues toward, you know, recently. I mean, it's I a mean, whole you, service. It's a charity service based on people giving as little as possible for, to take as much as possible, right? So. Right. And, and, and then they started, like, publishing games, too, and started doing, like, monthly subscriptions. So I feel like maybe they were, just t- like, taking on a lot for being something that happened that was like a small company building up into what it became could be could be could be this isn't even the biggest news story this week no it's not but it's some shit isn't it all right let's yeah let's talk about then probably what i think is the biggest news story this week because this is (laughs) i hope you guys don't want a new dead space anytime soon yeah i was gonna say call remember when you were like hey i hope at e3 2017 they they announced uh, dead space 4 rip that's not man, happening <laughs> no. i i was looking forward to like an actual proper dead space because dead space 3 definitely left me alienated it left no, me empty no just like yeah. that game uh, um so if you haven't heard ea electronic arts two years in a row the worst company on the planet just closed visceral games well known for their uh obviously the dead space games mostly one and two when dead space three was kind of like a thing yeah it was ea meddling with what dead space was uh visceral also made um uh battlefield hardline which uh, that's a thing (laughs) Uh, again after they were acquired by ea so there is that yes um yeah they're being shut down by ea uh this is in the midst of them making that single player star wars game uh, that had Amy Hennig attached to it. She's directing it. Yeah, she was directing it. She was writing the story for it. And if you're not familiar with Amy Hennig, she wrote the stories for Uncharted 1, 2, and 3. And Legacy hey, of Kane back in the day. Yeah, and like, hey, Uncharted 2 is a good story, I guess. Yeah, it's been, uh, uh, man, how long has it been? It's been six years since we've had an Amy Hennig game come out. I am so excited, guys, for this Uncharted 
style Star Wars single player focused narrative game. I can't wait. This is going to be exciting. When's it coming out, Robert? Uh, it's coming out uh, never. Wait, why? What? Well, okay, here. I highlighted this quote specifically because I find it to be like the biggest load of bullshit that I've ever read come out of a human <laughs> being's mouth. This so, is a bad uh, example of PR here. Yo, God. Yeah. You, yeah, you're talking about, you're quoting the dude from EA. Yeah, this is bad. Yeah, okay. So Patrick Sutherland, right? Executive Vice President of EA Worldwide Studios. God, in a post on their website, he said, and I fucking quote, in its current form, the game was shaping up to be a story-based linear adventure game. Throughout the development process, we've been testing the game concept with players, listening to feedback about what and how they want to play, and closely tracking fundamental shifts in the marketplace. It's become clear that to deliver an experience that players will want to come back to and enjoy for a long time to come, we need to pivot the design. We need to wow. make it a service game and add more microtransactions. Exactly. Fuck that. Oh <laughs> I hate my that. God. It's, yeah, gamers don't want to play single player story games. Yeah, like, no, they want to buy kind of loot feedback? boxes. How yeah, kind of, like, yeah, what kind of feedback did it get? Like, oh, I wish there was a way for me to give you guys more money. Right? Like, like <laughs> look, at Bethesda, look at Bethesda. They're bankrupt because they've been releasing Skyrim six times and it's never selling. Right? Oh, like, I just, my gosh. I, I hate that. The, the way that the like language makes it sound like in its current form, it was shaping up to be a story-based linear adventure game. Who wants that? Am it's I become right? It's clear that we have to change. Wow, dude. Yeah. Dude, I, <laughs> dude, Neil Druckmann is just sitting in his chair reading that and fucking laughing and just like throwing his money up in the air. <laughs> Yeah, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, all these games that Sony has coming out are exactly that, and I am excited for them. Last of Us 2, even the new God of War, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, Uncharted 4, Bloodborne, like, you know, the list goes on and on and on. Third-person action story-driven games. The Witcher 3. Yeah, I mean, that's not Sony, but yeah. No, Zelda. Uh-huh. Zelda had that, you know, that pass for extra stuff, but, you know... They, I could listen in a much eviler world. I could imagine uh, uh, microtransactions in a Zelda game the way they have it now. But Nintendo I mean, will not do that. They kind of have it with the amiibos. Like if you scan an amiibo, you get a loot, basically a loot crate every day. So you buy an amiibo. That's what you're saying. That would be like the microtransaction. The that's the closest amiibo. thing I can think of. It's not. But it's yeah. not direct. Like it's an ad- a direct comparison. But I hear you. But again, those amiibos, one amiibo, one single one, could add uh, value to every single switch game you have you know and right. 3ds right so yeah I, I hear what you're saying though robert yeah there are they're trying to find ways to milk every last drop of money from God, people I uh, look no further than shadow of war uh, the single player loot boxes all that bullshit in there uh destiny i mean games as a service now right is the term that's going around we need games as a service we need to kind of do what overwatch is doing you know, do do these loot drops. Well, who knows what this means for Borderlands 3 now? Just the implications of this statement of these latest events are fucking chilling to the bone, man. And I, as someone who is a huge fan of single player games, I am really, really concerned with this. And and after we saw, right, what EA is doing in Battlefront 2. It, that was this some latest, yeah, this latest statement now means it's only going to get worse. Well, and and to be fair, with Battlefront 2, EA released a fucking cookie-cutter press statement that basically said, uh, regarding Battlefront 2, like, that's not the final form, that's not the final version of how loot boxes will be implemented, we'll still be working on it, uh... 
the game is a month away. Like, what the yeah. fuck else are you going to be adding to that? Yeah, like, they're going to need to make some big changes. Yeah, but they did get feedback. And and I don't want to speak too much about Battlefront 2, but where are the droidicas? I need the droidicas. <laughs> they're not in the game. The real, little roly-poly guys. Yeah. Put those back in Battlefront 2. Anyways. Yeah, so I, let's, let's like, bring this back to the other EA thing. No. Right. Like, I, I just, I feel like EA right now is Napoleon Bonaparte, because they, they have to have seen Monolith with Shadow of War, with, you know, what Warner Brothers did to it, and we're like, we're going to throw hella loot boxes in the single player experience, and now all these news stories are coming out where, like, of course people aren't liking it. People are literally playing the game offline just so they don't have to deal with loot boxes. You know, people are finding wow. workarounds, people are finding exploits to just get around the whole like not having to buy and deal with the loot box bullshit. Or and people then, are just people are just straight up torrenting the game. <laughs> right. And then Napoleon like is seeing this and is like, you know, that it seems like they're not doing so well, but I can do better, right? And he's about to march into Russia and it's a, it's winter time. Like don't do not do this do not give me like fucking a non good single player story about star wars and then throw in loot crates to see if i can get the right wookie to be on my side like and and amy henning isn't even attached to whatever this game is going to be so she's been directing this game for what two three years now in development and she's not even going to be in it on it anymore like, Sony, I'm concerned. Sony, Sony, just pick this up. Sony, just come in, just be like, <laughs> I, I, get, I got you, I got you, baby. Amy, well, Amy Hennig, just gonna EA scoop you up got... in my arm. Just, just like we, just like Sony did with, uh, with, with Hideo Kojima. I just love how s- you call her baby Hennig. Like she's not retired, <laughs> like retirement age right yeah. now. <laughs> well, here's the thing too. It's like Sony can't even pick up the Star Wars game because EA's got a goddamn right. stranglehold on. They're, take, right. they're all taking that. all the assets from the game. And they're gonna make it into whatever else it is. They also, I think it was. Uh, uh, reported to be expected to release fiscal year 2018, and now they're not even making announcements on whenever this game is going to come out. It's going to be years yeah. down the road, though. And, and it, they it's s- such a fucking shit show. And uh, there's like an update on some news sites where it's like they're they're like thinking about refocusing Amy and like where are you going to put her? Because apparently you don't want to make a single player game about anything anymore. Like where are you going to throw wow. her on Anthem, your Destiny clone? Does this mean, yeah, and, and Destiny's that type of game, right? It's loot-based. Like, you know there's going to be micro tra- microtransactions in that game. Like, does this mean EA is giving up on single-player games? That kind of sounds like what this like, means. Like, I can't think of a single-player game that they have in the works. What was that, Yarny game? What was that called, Unravel? Um, yeah, but that was like an indie game that they picked up yeah. and like shoved a lot of money at. I know, but what I'm saying is they're probably never going to release things like that anymore. Hmm. Maybe. In the future. This is just well, a very scary precedent they're setting. And thank God for publishers like Sony and other developers out there that don't pay attention to any of this crap. Yeah, and right? we still, I we need still single player games, man. Man, we still don't to, even know what Battlefront 2's single player looks like. I mean, I imagine that's probably under wraps with like, especially like Lucasfilm might have an investment in like, don't let any of that leak. At least not before December 15. When yeah, it's, right. a, it's a whole original story. And I, I can't remember the guy's name. I apologize. But they have a pretty uh, seasoned writer. Uh, in charge of that story, he's done. He's done video games well, before. He's done. Yeah, it's Mitch Dyer scripts. and uh, forget the other dude's name. And he was yeah, on. He was on uh, one of kind of funny shows one day. But I digress. Cool, right? Uh, I don't know. I mean, and to kind of speak to EA's like single player games, like there's that one uh, indie game Fay that was like at E E three twenty fifteen or sixteen. If you guys remember that, it was um, like another vaguely. indie game that they picked up. No. Okay. Well. <laughs> 
there, there's that, I guess. So maybe they're going to pick up a, like, once every three years, we're going to pick up an indie game and publish that. Yeah, and just like, we're, we're the, the, here's here's our single-player game, just to, just to satisfy that, you know, just check that box off our list. It's fine. Dude, EA is yeah. taking L's this year, man. I mean, with the whole Mass Effect thing, just things are not going well for that company. It, it is... And I don't know what direction. I don't think they know what direction they're trying to go in. But it just I mean, seems like all the leadership is is running for the hills. Yeah, like I mean, even last week, last Thursday, right? Uh, Mike Laidlaw, who you may right. know from that guy that made basically Dragon Age, what it was like. He was a creative director on all the Dragon Age games. He left. Yeah, he, he didn't explain why. He's just like, I'm out. Oh yeah, deuces. Wow. Um. Yeah, that happened last week, and that's like what six months or, or not six months, but like a year more, a little more than a year after a lead writer of Dragon Age also left. So right. there's another fucking franchise under EA that seems like it's in dire straits. If there is a Dragon Age four coming out, like if you lost your creative director and one of the lead writers, what's it going to be? Another romp through Dragon Age, but also loot crates. Somehow this is very ironic that they're. Terminating Visceral Studios, terminating the Amy Hennig-directed single-player narrative game. The same year, they come out with a single-player narrative linear mode in fucking Madden. <laughs> like, who is at the helm at this company? What are you doing? This just shows that no one actually knows what the hell they're doing there. No one well, knows. You know, a question for you, Jack, since you played Madden Madden 2017. Were there loot boxes in that game? There's absolutely. It's uh, called The Ultimate... Oh, I can't remember. It's like it's like Ultimate Team or something like that. Mutt, something like that. Madden Ultimate Team. That's what it is. Okay. And you buy pack card packs, so <sighs> to forge your Ultimate Team. So you can people spend like the whales in Madden spend thousands of dollars on packs a month. Yeesh. You know, you only need one like a fraction of a percent of people to do that to justify the development and implementation of a system like that, right? You only need a few people to spend thousand dollars and you know across the country and boom there it is you know you know what you know what scares me is when i was when i was home this past weekend right my my brother some somehow i I can't remember the exact conversation but he brought up 2k18 the nba 2k18 and i was like oh so you're gonna get the freaking uh you know microtransaction laden you know nba game he's like oh yeah i already got it and i'm like well yeah you know you have to like actually spend real money basically if you want to properly level up your character if you want to get anywhere anytime soon and he's like yeah i know i already dropped 20 bucks on uh the in-game currency i'm like i'm like you are part of the fucking problem no but he didn't even bat an eye no and that's the thing though i think and i mean we're we're pretty you know knee deep but you know we're, we're pretty knee deep into the industry we know the goings-ons we're pretty hardcore gamers and so like t- you know talking from you know the outside looking in you know what i mean you got the people on the periphery of gaming that are like you know they don't see this sort of thing as a big deal the casual gamer doesn't see right. these these in-game currency purchases or any of that like like a big deal they're like oh i want this thing it's no big deal i'm just going to toss money at this thing when they what but what they don't know is they're contributing to a pro- an ongoing problem that's only going to get worse and I feel right. like companies are preying on those people. Yeah, I mean, while we're talking about uh, evil, evil microtransactions. Oh, God. Man, I'm going to have an aneurysm talk- by the end of this fucking I, episode. I know. There's so much. Like, guys, we hate the gaming industry. It's the worst. It literally uh, is the worst industry. Yeah. Ever. Okay. <laughs> but some games, you know, uh, more than a handful of games every year are fucking phenomenal. Right. So that's why we do it. 
so so yeah let's let's talk about this other thing the other evil fucking thing in the news this week activision has patented a system that basically is like another marketing tool from like selling microtransactions so here's how it works step one you take someone who's new to the game and you know they probably don't have that many like you know like cool gear or whatever and then step two you take someone who does have all the cool gear and they've been playing the game for a while oh man so then step three in the matchmaking you know for like whatever game this is going to be you take that new kid and you pair him up or put him in the same game as the seasoned veteran so he sees the cool stuff yeah, and he'll see the guy use all those cool guns or like have that cool hat or oh my whatever. Gosh. And then after that, it's kind of like they'll basically ask the new player, hey, like, you want to buy this? You hey, want, that was cool, wanna, right? Yeah, yeah like, hit this just, button here to buy all that stuff. Yeah, throw some shekels our way and then you can get wow, that cool weapon too. Oh, dude. Yeah. And uh, dude, and I can, I can that, totally. I can totally see like my little brother, or whatever, playing Call of Duty, just taking a huge bite out of that apple, like for sure. <laughs> just really, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, it's crazy. Like, here's the thing: so it's just a patent. They haven't, as far as we know, attached it to any game. Like, this isn't guaranteed to be in like Call of Duty World War Two. This isn't going to be implemented in Blizzard's uh, Overwatch, as far as we know. Yeah, didn't some dude put out a tweet saying like, "Oh no, this isn't implemented in Destiny Two"? I promise. Well, that's not active. Is that Activision? Yeah, it is. That's, yeah. Activision. that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so they like there's no confirmation of this being implemented anywhere. Don't worry. It's a but, feature in Destiny 3, guys. We got you back. <laughs> God. Or World, but World War the II fact that, that they patented it, it's like... Here, here's the thing. If I were if I were Mr. Activision Johnson, I would <laughs> not... Johnson? I, Great I superhero name. File a public patent that's like look at my evil plan for selling more microtransactions i just kind of keep that under wraps like this is basically like revealing your whole evil plan to everyone dude it's like he it's like activision's uh dr doofenshmirtz from uh phineas and ferb it's like (laughs) you know (laughs) doofenshmirtz evil incorporated like the yeah we're we're coming out with the new microtransaction the nator the nator like (laughs) i mean this wasn't actually a public announcement either this was a patent that was filed which is public knowledge so someone had to dig in someone someone had to do detective work here and see that this patent was you know being under consideration well gg on this man gg because i don't think they wanted that cat out of the bag yeah, they don't want this out there, you know, so, right. wow, but that's, man, this is some evil stuff. Like, what I'm saying is, don't make something so evil, like, in the public record, because, trust me, I went to school with some future journalists, they'll dig anywhere and everywhere to find out any shit about you, especially sure. if you're a big company. Sure. Like, this is something I'd leave on my own. And the other thing this says to me is the fact that they patented it also means that they, like, want to use this as leverage if they find out another company is using it and they can, right. like, sue them. They're literally suing them. Hey, you're using our evil plan that's making us more money and screwing all the consumers. Wow, Give us your money. So, like, it, <laughs> let me ask you guys. Like, the, the flip side, okay, the dark, evil, underbelly flip side of both of these issues, okay, with both of these companies is do you want now i'm not obviously i'm on our side right i'm not on their side but i think someone else would argue 
do you want all games to just be $10 more across the board flat? Do you want the price of a video game now instead of be $59.99 to now be $69.99 or more? Because that's what would have to happen. I mean, right to eliminate this kind of behavior. Is that not probably true? I mean, it seems like they're trying to convince, you know, the industry to go that way slowly but surely anyway, because you got, you know, Warner Brothers coming out. And 2K coming out with these different editions, like we talked about sure, before. Yeah. You know That's what I mean? standard practice now. Isn't there like a $700 version of the new Assassin's Creed game or something yeah, stupid it comes, like that? Yeah, it comes with some stupid statue yeah, or something. Yeah. Probably don't even come with the game. But like more realistically, they're, you know, Injustice 2 came out with, uh, what was it, the Armored Edition or like the, the Gold Legend Edition, whatever. Well, I know 2K had the Gold Legend Edition, which is $150 fucking dollars, by the way. Does um, it come with a basketball signed by Michael Jordan himself? No, well, you can actually buy it digitally, the $150 version. And it just <laughs> you can gi- buy Michael Jordan's <laughs> signature digitally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can print it off. It's the same thing, yeah, right? Just, yeah, they, it just prints out as they just send you like a temporary tattoo. You just put it on whatever you want. Here it is. All right. Michael right on my shoulder. This. Yeah, Michael J- uh, Jordan signed my can of spam. But awesome. dude, honestly, at, at this point, if, if they if if raising the, the normal price of brand new games ten dollars alleviates a lot of these issues it might be something oh, to no. consider don't say it well here's the thing okay fair enough fair play you know the price of games has not gone up for about 10 years right about 10 yeah. years yeah before that it was like 18 years yeah you i know? mean 50 dollars um, was the standard for new games for years at least that's what i remember when i was younger thank god though guys <laughs> Seriously, I mean this from the bottom of my heart. We live in a time now where there are some really fucking awesome games that are coming out for $15, $20, like Stardew Valley, SteamWorld Dig 2. You know, there are there are space for those games. And look at these other games that are much uh, shorter and more focused experience, like uh, Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice, also the new Uncharted game. Those are like very focused games, and, they're, and they became better for it, not trying to cram content and loot boxes and grinding and all that they just want to tell a very short story and do it you know well and cut out all the fat and trim out all the fat and i think both those games are cheaper now aren't they isn't that new uncharted game like 30 40 bucks it's around 40 i think yeah. it's like it's supposed to be a standalone expansion and, right yeah and send you a sacrifice is uh 30 dollars. so that's where i'm gonna put my money in man it's not gonna be in battlefront to you know loot boxes all this crap now now that being said I have been known, you know, to much to my chagrin to spend some money on some loot boxes in Overwatch, but I've spent so many hundreds and hundreds of hours in that game. I love that game. And I, and, and they're only things that are cosmetic. They're nothing that right. make you boost your level, boost your experience. And it's purely cosmetic and it's my choice. And I know what I'm, you know, I, I know what I'm in for. I know it's like a variable reward system. You don't know. It's like a scratch off ticket. Right. So. I have spent money there, and it's a game I have a lot of fun with. I probably would spend money in PUBG as well. But again, these are like on cosmetic things, not on booster packs, right? Not on things to make me better in multiplayer, specifically. Those That's just where it gets really, really shady. And then this whole patent with Activision, this sounds like some serious, like, you know, tented fingers, right? Like, mm, yes, I know mm, how we're going to Yeah, I just all I the picture the, uh, the elusive man from the Mass Effect series, just kind of like peering over and just like yeah it's going according to plan <laughs> i might i might like, you know i might incriminate myself here so i'll be vague Uh-oh. but i i worked for a company back in the day where i had to answer the phone and deal sometimes with parents that 
were trying to get thousands of dollars back <laughs> because their kids would charge their card on microtransactions on games on a popular tablet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, and I had to deal with that like on a daily basis. It's a real problem. It's a real problem. Yeah, and yeah, I I just wanted to add on a side note real quick. So, um, talking about adding ten dollars to you know the 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 uh, the price of new games, Battlefront Two does have the Elite Trooper Edition. Speaking of Battlefront Two, and which is I think ten or twenty extra bucks, and they're doing that thing where if you get the Elite Trooper Edition, you get to play the game early. Ugh. Yeah. Oh, that that's a thing now. That is absolutely yep. a thing now where yeah. the game will come out. They did it with Madden. They're going to continue doing that. Uh, they did it with, I think, the latest Forza, too. So it's not just EA. But yeah, now they're doing like timed exclusive gameplay. Right. It's insane, dude. And my, it just adds to the argument. Any that way to get, yeah, yeah, any way to get another $20 out of you. I, I hate the video game industries. <laughs> it's I hate the word. Triple A gaming, man. <laughs> I don't, I'm not lying. I know it sounds funny when I'm saying this, but it's the worst industry yeah. ever because, and it, not just because of this, but try working in the video game industry, like as a developer. Okay. For one, you are absolutely going to get laid off. Okay. Whatever studio you go to when the project's over, you know, there's a target on everyone's back. The crunch time, like literally people get divorced over things like that. Right. Like it's just. It's just an ugly, ugly industry when you know the inner workings of it. Yeah, and well, it's well, a shame, you're... and there's a it's a shame, and there's a better way. And this is why the rise of indie games has kind of happened, right? Because there's it's the response to to the actions of the past, right? Well, you mentioned uh, crunch time. I figure that's a good time to bring up this last little news story we have. Um, I'm going to keep it brief, but. Uh, you guys are familiar with the website Glassdoor. Leave reviews for your employer and whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can check out salaries. You can check out job openings, uh, ratings for companies. Yeah. I checked out right. Nintendo's uh, Glassdoor one day out of boredom. Pretty good reviews. Pretty good reviews. Yeah, that's, but yeah, it's, it's good. I mean, yeah. People usually stay there their whole life, too. Yeah, that, that, yeah the, the problem is there, though, is really hard to move up because everyone stays there for so damn long. But I digress. Right. But I imagine Uncle Nintendo pays pretty well. Um, yeah. So CD Projekt Red, you know, the golden gods of gaming, the ones who gave us that sweet, juicy Witcher 3, um, they've been apparently getting some negative Glassdoor reviews. Game of the year uh, 2015. Say yep. it ain't so. Uh, yeah, they've been getting negative reviews on Glassdoor from their former employers. Uh, and their explanation, like the the studio released like a Twitter statement um, that was like explaining like kind of it was prompted by all of this and to boil it down pretty simply it was basically them saying uh we like to make ambitious games and if you don't like making ambitious games that's your problem Mm. (laughs) yeah so so work hard young soldier basically uh they talked about how like with every big game they made witcher witcher 2 witcher 3 um that they like basically reinvented the wheel every time. Like they used someone else's engine for Witcher One, then they built a whole new engine for Witcher Two, then they rebuilt that engine and made it better for Witcher Three. So like every time it hasn't been iterative, you know what I mean? Like they basically start from scratch every time. So I imagine working there must not be the easiest thing. And I imagine crunch is probably a big thing there. Uh for those of you who aren't aware, crunch is basically that time it's basically, you know, cramming at the last minute for your exam. Except for it's not because you were unprepared, but it's because your exam got pushed up. 
or like, you know, you didn't expect your exam to be so soon. Got to adhere to those budgets, man. Right. Those yep. timelines, those, uh, those, uh, what do you call them? Benchmarks. Yeah. You got to make, <laughs> yeah. you got to make the freaking uh, investors happy, man. That's what it comes those down milestones. to. It's all about the milestones. Right. Yeah. So it makes me wonder if crunch is like maybe a big problem at CD project red. Uh, they did mention that their studio is like getting way bigger now. Like they're hiring so many new people, which probably might explain like, you know, people get lost in all that. And you know, they started leaving reviews for CDPR. Um, I haven't looked at the reviews myself, so I can't really say exactly what what they're saying. I'm definitely, I'm gonna, I want to read the actual reviews themselves out of curiosity. But um, yeah, I the crunch time is a big thing. But the thing is, CD Projekt Red, like they're they're the type of developer that takes their sweet time, though. You know, so you know, the idea of crunch time yeah. with CD Projekt Red is kind of. I don't know. It seems kind of odd to me. Like, why would they be in crunch time if they're they've they've go to gone about saying how they they take their sweet time, they put their you know ten you know tender loving care into all their games, and things like that. They have that Blizzard air of when it's done, right? right? Yeah, you get right. that feeling Soon because their yeah their cycle times are so protracted. Um, Cyberpunk is there even a date for that yet? No, they announced no. it. Like, they announced it like three years ago, right? Like they they mentioned it actually in their Twitter statement because part of it was also them like responding to the fact that like they've been so silent about cyberpunk they were worried that people were were worried about them like oh is CDPR breaking up oh is cyberpunk not happening or something and they mentioned that yeah we're still working on it we're hard at work on it that's it <laughs> well that latest their latest release was Gwent this year if you guys remember yeah. and yeah. that was very disappointing from my point of view just because I loved the Gwent game the card based it was a, its own game in the witcher three it was awesome yeah. i loved playing it but then i then when i finally saw the gwent standalone game i was really horrified because i was like oh they're trying to compete with hearthstone here they're going for the casual audience here this is not for fans of the gwent game in the witcher this is for everyone else that would not play the witcher because very cartoony very like just you know lowest common denominator you know what I mean right. when I say that? Like, and I was like, "Oh, this actually isn't for me." Okay, I'll just stick to the game I actually like. Ugh. Yeah. So that's their, you know, that's their latest release, and that took forever too. Uh, who knows when? Uh, it'll probably be twenty twenty when Cyberpunk comes out. That's not even a joke. Yeah, uh, and I mean, here's the thing: I'm still excited to see what comes out of that game. I feel like it'll be really interesting to see because, like, that's a huge budget game. You know, like that's not just some trading card game. Yeah, there's tumult in that studio, and I I wonder how it's going to affect development with these, you know, with kind of the bad news coming out of there right now. So yeah, I don't. It it sounds like they're not going to change, right? It sounds like everyone's going to have to adapt to them. They don't seem very apologetic about it, right? And I mean, yeah. it sounds like those people that left and left those bad reviews, <laughs> they're not gonna they're not gonna really have any uh, references on the resumes from them. Yeah, but uh, while we're kind of worried about CDPR, I will mention shameless plug that um on gog which is owned by well cd project owns them right uh they're doing a big sale on the witcher and a couple of their rpgs um but witcher 3 game of the year editions like the cheapest that's ever been so if yeah so if you still don't yeah. have it on pc oh it's on sale psn yep. 2 1999 yeah, and, oh, and steam yeah on steam yeah. too right so right, everywhere right. it's so good yeah um can't recommend it enough so game, game of the year edition is probably like 200 hours of gameplay too for 20 bucks. It's insane. Yeah. If uh, if you just play the red Baron quest line and quit, I'm okay with that. That's the best part of the game, but, yeah, that, but there's so much more there. Yeah. That's like the first big arc of the game. Uh, but that should do it for this 
the cynical hate hate filled news section. Oh, yeah. What a world we live in. Need to, I need Everything to, uh, else in this world sucks. Why does video games have to suck too? Need to Man. decompress a little <laughs> bit here. Yeah, let's let's decompress with a would you rather. So Yay. I'll be taking <laughs> I'll be taking the helm here with a question this time around for this. I'm week. happy now. It's happy time. It's happy time. Do we the happy talk, dance. Like, the, the last 40 minutes of the podcast did not happen. Nothing Dude, bad is happening in the world. Just compartmentalize it and then this, <laughs> just bury it down in the inner recesses of your psyche, along with all those other fears and doubts, and nothing bad will happen long term, right? What it will, yeah, exactly. What is it? Exactly. Uh, the quote from How I Met Your Mother. We Buckeyes, we don't deal with directly with our feelings. We just push them deep, deep, and deeper down inside and pretend they don't until, exist or whatever. Something like that. Until one day, yeah. <laughs> All right. So while you're forgetting about the past 40 minutes, uh, here is my would you rather to you guys. And as apparently is the trend, it's food based as well. <laughs> oh, here we go. Uh, it it wow. is. Get ready. Hey, we're three dudes like food. We like Build duper it. foodies. All right. <laughs> <laughs> we're humans. We like food. We have so much in common. Uh, <laughs> we like to live. I know. We breathe hair too. Wow. I breathe hair. <laughs> So would you rather live in a world where magically somehow fast food is actually healthy for you? Weird. Or would you rather any leftovers you heat up be as good as they were when you first ate it? We really are food obsessed. Damn. (laughs) Yeah. These are like semantics of food. Damn. Uh, Yeah. Robert Scarpinito teaching us food semantics 101. I feel mm. like you're asking me, the larger question is, do you eat more fast food or do you eat more takeout where you would have leftovers, right? Because fast food, you sure. almost never have leftovers. Right. I mean, I was thinking more like when you cook, more at least when I cook, I always have leftovers. But yeah, that works too. Uh-huh. Hmm. I would definitely pick the first option to have fast food be magically healthy because that's like a struggle, right? When you're... uh you when you have more money than you ever have free time like fast food is a very attractive proposition just because it's real quick and it's cheap so that always leads to right like degradation in health and i would love it somehow if i could go to a drive through spend 5 6 bucks and leave full and feel healthy and not be hungry again in another hour right so i would have to pick that because i've never had that big an issue with leftovers when i do cook i've i've uh, you know, I usually eat them within, you know, a day or two at most. And I'm pretty good at, uh, you know, ginning up some, some reheated food in the microwave. I've got my methods and my ways. And uh, I've, ne- it's a, it's yeah, an I've never said or it, I mean, it is a true skill because you can mess up food with a microwave real easy if you don't know what you're doing. Um, but, you know, nothing to say. I can't throw some olive oil in a pan, heat it up real quick and just, you know, throw the steak back in there. Something like that. So I would go the fast food route. For those two reasons. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, Colin. Man. I mean, they, they've gotten healthier options at fast food places over the years, for sure. Um, but, I mean, like, <laughs> fast food in general, like, if it was healthy, it would make my, my life hell of a lot easier because, I mean, you guys probably know better than anyone that I don't, I don't have a whole lot of time for anything, let al- you know, let alone... Right. You know, like we were talking about at the beginning, sitting down at a restaurant and actually having, you know, a meal when I do actually. What year? What what year are you in in school? I'm a senior. 
Okay. Yeah. yeah. So you definitely don't have much free time. Probably. No. Yeah. So it's it's basically my my version of video game crunch time right now because uh, this is a really uh, important semester, important year for me. Um. Anyway. So yeah, th- the idea of having the ability to just have good fast food available to me, just pay five or six bucks, like Jack was saying, and be good to go, feel good about myself. I'm not going to feel sluggish. I'm not going to feel like I have a rock in my stomach after I eat food. I'm good to go. Continue on my day. Sounds like a sounds like a nice payoff. And I mean, I can at least you know in this situation, I'll still have leftovers, even though it would be nice to have the luxury of having perfect leftovers. It just depends what you have man. as leftovers, man. Leftover pizza sucks. No, you can, oh, here's the secret to leftover pizza, okay? If you don't know. Microwave you oven? Put the, that would be fine, but yeah. just a real quick, easy hack, right, for, for leftover pizza, day-old pizza, whatever, is you put the pan, the empty pan with nothing on it, in the stove, and you put it at 420, 425 degrees. Let the pan get really hot, okay? And then once it gets up to temperature... Then put all the pizza on the hot ass pan for like seven, eight minutes, depending on the thickness of the pizza. You want to you want to adjust the time accordingly. But doing that, dude, you get like brand new crust every time. The cheese is melted and it tastes I won't say exactly like it just came out of the oven the first time, but very close. You'd be very happy with it. And the crust will be nice and crispy and nothing like, you know, soggy crap out of uh, the microwave. See, it, that, so have you ever tried that? No, I haven't. That's actually, I, that's thinking outside of the box. That's a, that's a cool idea. It sounds really similar to the result you'd get out of a microwave oven, though. Maybe. Who knows? Whenever I put Pizza Hut or whatever in the microwave, it's always soggy and wet. Microwave and oven, though. I mean, like the... Uh, oh, oven. Yeah. Oh, I get you. Okay. Yeah. 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 Life hacks. Life hacks. So, yeah, I think I'm going to roll with the fast food idea. I like that. Here, here, yeah. Can I guys tell you real quick about um, mm-hmm. something we're talking about? You're talking about feeling sluggish and shit from eating bad food. Like, I'm totally with you there. If I had a whole bowl of just straight up spaghetti and Parmesan cheese and red pepper flakes and all that, like, I'm out, right? I'm carved up. But we had something, my wife and I, something very good, and we're going to have it again. Uh, it's kind of experimental, and but a lot of people do it. We took zucchini spirals. Okay, do you guys know what I'm talking about? It looks mm. like pasta, but oh, it's zucchini. Yeah, I think I've heard about this. All right, we took this venison, like fresh venison, a fresh bison mixture, and made our own and our own spaghetti sauce, and put that on top of the spirals with some Parmesan cheese and some red pepper flakes. Man, not only was it delicious, it was truly delicious. And we did, and we were full, and we were very happy. We both had big portions, but we were not tired at all. At the end of that, we could have gotten up and like walked anywhere. You know, we could have walked around the mall, like whatever. We were not tired at all. It, we felt so good. It actually sounds, that sounds delicious. Like that? Actually, dude, yeah, yeah I got seriously. a picture. I got a picture. I'll have to show you. But man, we're definitely going to do it again. And I, I, I feel like I wish I had known about this meal sooner. It's so much better, and it it's it's almost indistinguishable from regular spaghetti because the pasta because the zucchini spirals they hold up like like a noodle do you know like they hold up but under the sauce and everything and they and they spiral around a fork like you would expect pasta to act. So I'm so into it, and I'm almost like it's gonna be hard sell to go back to pasta now after having that. Wow, that's crazy. Huh. How thought. much? How much yeah, is zucchini? Is zucchini expensive? Zucchini. Oh, all right. So if you get a spiraler, right, and spiral your own zucchini, like that's obviously the cheapest way to go. Um, but at, here at HEB, uh, they have like you can just buy this pre-spiraled zucchini uh, in a package. I want to say it's like four bucks maybe, but feeds both of us for dinner. Oh, well, it's not. T- like, it's not bad. That's not bad. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I thought the, zucchini was expensive for some reason. Yeah. No. 
Get a spiral. If you're thinking about doing long term, like we are, we're talking about maybe getting a spiraler for this because you can spiral other things too, not just a game. Yeah. Like I've seen squash too. Uh, I guess holds up well, so it'll be cool. But I'll, I'll show you a picture later. It's not good for podcasts, but <laughs> <laughs> it's not good audio. Um, to bring it back to the would you rather, I think personally, I'd also probably lean toward the fast food thing because like I make a lot of food that has like like the leftovers that last for days. Like I slow cooked a pork shoulder saturday and we still have food in this house of three boys wow like we still have that yeah um it was a lot of shredded pork well um yeah so to be able to have that like as it was when it was fresh out of the slow cooker would be pretty great um but i think just the idea of like having no consequences when you go to fast food joints right because that's kind of like the trade-off right is like it's cheap it's quick but I'm going to feel like shit. Like, oh, it's not yeah. going to be good. Yep. I, right. Yeah, but to, yep. to have that like negative knocked off and I could eat all the, the McDonald's sweet Mac nugs that I want. <laughs> no, no pressure. Oh, no. So, so wait a second. So you're saying that the existing, existing fast food is now somehow miraculously healthy. Not that yeah, they yeah. figured out a way to have healthy food. No, no. Yeah. Like somehow you buy a Big Mac and it's somehow mm. like, it's good. It's healthy. Well, I mean, doesn't change my it doesn't change my answer. But now that's just more clarified for me. No. Yeah. Because I mean, you can go to that's the thing about that's the thing about fast food, though, because you can go to just about any fast food restaurant. and They have healthier options. You go to Wendy's. They have decent salads. You know, you go to McDonald's. They have wraps to go or what, is, what are they called? Go wraps. <sighs> but Colin, Colin, the flesh is weak. <laughs> the flesh yeah. is weak. Yeah. Why would I buy that when I can get 20 nugs? The dark side of the force is strong. Yeah. Yeah, there's no way I'm getting no salad, dude. I don't know. Dude, Wendy's salads are solid, bro. I'm just saying. I know, but all I'm saying is the double, bro. The number two or the number six. One of the best chicken sandwiches in the, the f- chicken sandwich game. All Why right, we got to stop talking about the this. numbers. Why do you know the numbers? Dude, Wendy's. I grew up <laughs> Wait, number six. Is that, a, is that a grilled chicken sandwich? Uh, that's the spicy chicken. Oh, How motherfucker. Okay, okay. No, let's, that's not, number let's not make everyone mad. And, and they do it easy, too, right? So the number one is just one patty beef. Number two is two patty oh, yeah, beef. Right. Number three is He's three right. patty beef. So, you know, dude, I, gr- dude I grew up 100 yards from a fucking Wendy's, okay? I ate a lot of Wendy's. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so that should do it for us this week <laughs> for the Tiny Disc Podcast. Uh, if you have any answers that would you rather that you'd like to share, or if you have any would you rather questions you'd like us to share on the air, you can email them to us at tinydiscpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can follow us on social media. You can go to our website, tinydisc.com. Uh, that has all of our social media buttons. If you want to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, etc. Um, if you enjoyed this podcast, feel free to leave a review on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. Really help us out a lot more than, you know, or, you know, just tell a friend, you know, if you think they'd be interested in what we have to say, give it to them. Let them know. Give it uh, to your friends. Give, baby. It, give it to your give it friends. To your friends. Baby. Yeah. 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 Baby. Give them yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> shall we shag now shall we or shag, shag later? later hey speaking of shagging are we doing the tiny disc drunk cast next week what <laughs> speaking of shagging what <laughs> what do they speak I english if you're what? listening to this part of the podcast you're you're a grown adult right <laughs> it's the grown ass man section of the podcast uh yeah that's coming up isn't yeah. it that's next friday yeah, it's the 20 next, we're turning 21 on this podcast whoa okay 
Oh, that um, just the way you brought it up. Speaking of shagging, baby. <laughs> yeah, baby. Like what is that? Like the Mojo Cast. <laughs> this, the We're trying cast. to find our Mojo. Oh, this is the podcast of terrible, terrible impressions. I, I'm so sorry, wow. everybody. Rude, rude. How dare you? <laughs> you look. Fat. My name is John Snow. So, <laughs> what does that have to do we... with shagging? You said shitty. You said doing shitty an impression at this right. point. Uh, I got you. Yeah, the, tr- true to form. True to form. Okay, so where can we find you guys online on the internet? At boo boo underscore underscore five five, aka Colin in Mano. At J A C C E P E D A, Mister Cepeda. If you're nasty, if you're nasty, <laughs> y'all nasty. <laughs> and you can find me at Panoptimist. P I N O P T I M I S T. Uh, we're still doing the Foreigner spoiler cast, so if you're interested in that, stick around after the music. And if you're not interested in it, interested in it, uh, then thanks for listening. This has been the Tiny Disc Podcast, and we'll see you next Thursday. Ohio Bozema! Hello, welcome to the other side of the music. Uh, this is our Foreigner spoiler cast, so if we haven't made it apparent already, if you haven't seen The Foreigner and want to see it and you don't want spoilers on it, turn off your device right now or take out your headphones or whatever. Because we're about to spoil the ever-loving hell out of whatever story this movie Take has. It. Welcome to uh, the cool side of the pillow, as they say in <laughs> podcast world, right? That's a thing. Yeah. yeah. The, I don't know if this is the cool side of the Maybe pillow. Maybe for an ASMR <laughs> podcast. It's the hot, sweaty side of the pillow, oh, we baby. Should, we should do this entire spoiler cast in ASMR. So the foreigner was a movie. <laughs> no, I'm not. All right, yeah. that's it. That's so all my Jackie, Chan, Jackie Chan's back. He breaks more bones. Back in black. <laughs> okay, now, so um, I really wanted to see this film just because it had Jackie Chan's name on it. Same. Uh, that that was like the big tie-in for me because I'm a I'm a really big fan of like 2000s Jackie Chan for whatever reason. How can you right. not be right? Right, like Rush Rush Hour is like one of my favorite series of movies just just because of how like silly and stupid it is. What it is to yeah, live it's just, like, fun? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> And nothing <laughs> yeah yeah so i i found those great and i haven't like noticed a jackie chan film like since rush hour three and that was like what 2007 i, th- I want to say mm, um yeah. i know he's been in film since then i just they're not on my radar you know what i mean right um and seeing this movie it's kind of it's pretty cool because like rush hour four has just been confirmed with chris tucker and jackie chan again so it's like the gang's getting back together at some point in the future but for now, we have to tie ourselves over with the foreigner, which is like a like unexpected in terms of like a performance from Jackie Chan. You know, like his career is built on comedic martial arts stunts, and here he's like, "Give me the information. I need the information. I will here bomb he, your bathroom." He's like the Freddy, right, or the Jason of the movie. He's like the nefarious force that's coming, you know, to reap reap his his doom and death he upon yeah. the poor white people of the movie <laughs> he's john wick <laughs> yeah pretty much uh, um where do so I just start? to be clear uh only jack and i of the three of us have seen the movie colin has not uh school seen sucks it, guys it takes but, a lot of time doesn't let yeah. you do things Col- colin gave us our you know permission to uh spoil right because so it's just jackie chan is aware so it's fine <clears throat> yeah so <sighs> 
All right. So, Jack, when you what did you walk out of the theater feeling? The first thing I felt was, okay, the movie's over. The screen is black. Oh, wait. I totally forgot because of the quality of this film. I totally forgot that Martin Campbell was the director until I saw his name come up. I was like, oh, that's right. That dude, what made Casino Royale? One of my Mm -hmm. favorite movies, dude. Have you seen Casino Royale? Yeah. The first uh, Daniel Craig Bond film. It's a masterpiece. It's an awesome film. And so this is not that. <laughs> no. <laughs> this no. is I not mean, it... the next Casino Royale. And and what's interesting is that Jackie Chan gets top billing in all of the promotional material for this film. However, he's not even on screen the most. It's a, really a Pierce Brosnan film. Right. right? A former 007. And and also they don't even say Mar- uh, Mar- directed by Martin Campbell in again like the posters the promotional things they say from the director of Casino Royale because Martin Campbell has a checkered past right as far as his track record with films lately, uh, so they're like all right Jackie Chan film he's the main character he's the protagonist he's going to get revenge his daughter was killed in a uh, in a terrorist attack and and we're gonna you know get to the bottom of it we're gonna get revenge I just have a lot of problems with this movie you know I was thinking to myself. Uh, coming out of it, this is probably a five or a six, probably for me yeah. personally. The more I think about it, the more I think about how terrible it was. And so it's probably dropped down to like a three or a four, honestly, for me, for so many reasons. I mean, should, should I just get into it right now? Well, yeah, sure. Go okay, ahead. I guess so. It's a spoiler cast, right? So the first scene where the terrorist act happens remind me that oh that's right i'm watching a foreign film and i don't even know what i mean when i say that it's just i could tell <laughs> it wasn't a quality like hollywood production did you feel that way at all i was like just the the lighting and the camera movements and everything it felt like it was on a budget and they were in like, a rush to put that yeah, whole scene of. together yeah i mean consider like the budget for this movie is 35 million which is like that's kind of standard that was it yeah. right it's budget yeah. was 35 million so I was like, oh, this is a foreign film. Okay. And and then I also had a problem with uh, Jackie Chan being referred to constantly in the film as the Chinaman. I thought we had <laughs> elevated past this. Yeah. To, as they say in the Big Lebowski, Chinaman is not the preferred nomenclature, dude. So I was just like, and it's based on a book called The Chinaman, so I get it. But I was just like, if they rewrote anything in the script, that would be one of my first suggestions. Yeah, like do do okay. something like they did in John Wick, where they called him the Baba Yaga or whatever, the Boogeyman. Like like <laughs> anything, you know what I mean? But I don't know. It just, I just felt like it was a poor decision, um, narrative wise. And then where do I even go with Pierce Brosnan's accent? Dude, it was like a parody of an Irish accent. It was one of the worst accents I've heard in in film in a long time. And I can't believe it like got through. But he just want to sound like this like all the time. Like everything I say. Look at the Irish. I was expecting at some point. At Top some point I was expecting. Top of fucking, the morning to you. Like fucking Jackie Chan calls him and was like, I want the information. He's like, you'll never steal my lucky charms. <laughs> yeah, you're like, like, ah, ah, ah. It's just like, it's it was so, like Conor McGregor, dude. It was a joke. I was laughing at it most yeah, of the time. Like, I can't do an Irish accent, but it was bad. It wasn't and, that great. It and, muddled yeah, his entire character. Pierce Brosnan is kind of the main character of this movie, weirdly, but he's on film the most. And all the twists and turns and all the espionage and all the secret, you know, uh, things happen in his part you know of the movie and you rarely i mean it's basically jackie chan is a horror 
uh, villain that's <laughs> right. That's like yeah. like scaring Pierce Brosnan like into the countryside, and then he finds him in the countryside, and then he torments him there. Then he sends people to the hospital, and they can never kill him. He's like unkillable, right? And 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 I don't know where else do I have problems with this. I'm kind of jumping all over the film. Yeah, but, I mean, do you mind if I jump in? Go ahead. Yeah. So like, I when I walked into this film, my my process was like based on all the marketing I've seen, like, oh yeah, this is a Jackie Chan. I can't wait to watch this Jackie Chan film. Yes. And and then you kind of sit there and you walk out of the film like that was a weird that was a weird movie about political intrigue between the yeah. Irish and the British and the British. Like, <laughs> yes, it's about the this is the movie about the Irish and the British. Yeah, and it's dev- it was like produced by Ch- two Chinese brothers. And Jackie Chan happens to lose his daughter and happens to get revenge, which brings me to another huge problem I have with this film. The moment where he kills the person, the people that were responsible for his daughter was very anticlimactic and mm. almost no payoff at all. It was a cool f- scene leading up to it, but the moment that it happened supposed to be this, you know, huge gravitas like this is it, this is for my daughter. I felt nothing. I had no yeah, and, feelings. And- like parts of that scene were literally in the trailer. Like yes. Colin, if you've seen the trailer, like the scene where, you know, that dude like goes around the corner and shoots the ground and like Jackie's actually on the ceiling and then he jumps down. Like that was in the final like thing. That was a highlight of the trailer. It was the highlight of the movie. What the yeah. fuck? <laughs> that was the highlight of the movie. I don't know. I, I think like it was nice to see Jackie Chan try to do something that's like not what he's well known for. You know, he's known for like yeah. not not being able to understand the words that are coming out of my mouth. But <laughs> wow. <laughs> but you know, it's like that's what he's kind of known for. It's like he's that silly, you know, like Chinese martial artist who like yeah, shows humor up in a lot of American is a films. big part yeah. of him and he's trying his hand at drama here. Right. And and not to say that like he's not an accomplished martial artist, you know, like it's it's evident in all of his films, but it's usually a means to a comedic end. Here it's like very serious. And it's not to say that he doesn't, you know, show off his chops, pun intended, in this movie, but it's like it felt too serious. Like way too like I when just... w- when they did close-ups of Jackie Chan's face, like especially right after he lost his daughter, like I kind of felt for him, but not really. There was like some disconnect. So yeah, the me. movie's very disconnected. Do you think so? You, so you, it's fair to say then that Jackie Chan was basically just victim of a bad script. He is not the problem with this okay. film. He was misused. He did the best he could with this turd of a script. The I don't know. I never read the original story, but it's just not a film I would expect from Martin Campbell. I don't know what he's doing, but I think all the fault goes to him. The script, the screenplay, the directing, etc. It just fell apart you know and i don't know where i mean maybe the 35 million went to jackie chan's like contract right you know but i just felt like i felt like overall it was kind of a low budget film and i felt like again disjointed where i think there are certain scenes do you remember the scene where the flashback to jackie chan's uh daughters dying by the thai pirates yeah that was that was a weird I, i could tell that was filmed by a different company too like that was filmed from a completely different studio it yeah. had no place, like narrative wise or visual, with the visual language of the film. It stood out on its own. That part alone, along with the uh, again, the beginning part with the terrorist attack, I just felt like was like the B squad or something. And I could tell it was like two different movies all matched into one. So I don't know, I, but I did feel for him. I he did, you know. I think Jackie Chan did a good job with what he had because there were moments where I, where I generally felt really bad for him. You know, his character yeah. and the ordeal he was going through. The ending was weird, too. He just goes back to the restaurant 
And then, yeah. the, then the government just they find him and they go, oh, just observe and report. Don't do anything. I don't know what that was. Yeah, and then it's the like girl, we, we owe him one. Like, then, yeah, then the girl just kisses him and then it's over. And who was that girl? She just like was a server at the restaurant. Well, I imagine they have a deeper like relationship because like went they, back like in the beginning yeah. when he was super, super depressed. She was like, you can't like, can I help you? You know what I mean? So it's like I the, imagine there was some relationship there, but I I didn't get the sense that they were going to kiss at the end of the film. My main problem was that Pierce Brosnan was a terrible villain if he was the true villain right of the film uh and jackie chan was made to be the villain where he should have been the antagonist we should have been feeling sorry for him rather than scared of him um so it's say, to say it was jackie chan and taken is like very reductive of actually the products we get here i think that gives it too much credit yeah right like yeah, taken was like a, taken was a real good movie real solid movie and real great vehicle and launching pad for liam neeson this is not that for jackie chan this is a a real loss for Martin Campbell. And like, I'm not looking forward to seeing what he does next. He hasn't done anything good since Casino Royale. Still one of my favorite movies, but who knows the factors that played into the success of that film. Right. Yeah. There, you know, he gets all the credit, but who knows, you know what, what the environment was back then. I, my main complaint and my final thought on this film is that nowhere near was Jackie Chan in the film enough. Uh, he was, he was misused, mis and underutilized completely. Maybe they had like a contract, like oh, if you're only paying him X amount of dollars, you can only have him in this many minutes of the film. Who knows? I can only speculate. Way too much Pierce Brosnan. Not a great character. Not a great arc, by the way, that whole espionage IRA British thing. I was getting confused because the Irish accents were so terrible and so distracting. It sounded like they were banjo kazooie, dude. It sounded like they were joking. That's how bad the Irish accents were in this one. Yeah. Yes. So, so I, I was kind of like, all right, this is a middle of the road film, five or six, five or six. Now that I think about it more, all the problems it has, I downgrade it to like a three or four. So I can't recommend anyone goes and sees it if it's on streaming and you just want to check out Jackie Chan. In something different, right? If you just watch Legend of Drunken Master or Operation Condor or Rumble the Bronx or Cop Story, you know, some of his greatest films ever, then, and you want to just see him do something different, then check out The Foreigner when it comes to streaming. But other than that, don't spend any money on it. Yeah, I have to echo that sentiment. As much of a fan I am of Jackie Chan, like, again, it was cool to see him try something new. Too bad it didn't execute that well. Like, the rest of the movie around him just wasn't didn't hold up for me i think it just felt kind of disjointed and a little boring at times so i don't know and i saw the film for free (laughs) yeah i i paid for it and i'm I'm glad i did just because i wanted to see something with jackie chan in it again yeah Yeah. but funnily enough after i watched the film i was like you know i kind of want to watch rush hour too exactly yeah you just want old jackie back totally you want you want a palate cleanse like just forget this let's go back to what he was doing that was you know well directed yeah exactly um, and actually I kind of wanted to leave, leave us with this cause Colin, I know that uh, you've been giving us a lot of your thoughts on the film. So I think this will be funny for you. Um, we keep talking about how, um, you know, like it was marketed as taken, but with Jackie Chan in the theater I was in, I don't know if they, uh, showed the same trailers for you, Jack, but they showed a trailer for the new Liam Neeson well, movie <laughs> like oh, during this. That's funny. And I just couldn't help but think like, Man, that's that's like right on the nose, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think that concludes the spoiler cast. Do you have I, any I, last questions? I mean, for us not really. It sounds like you guys hit most of the points of the movie. I don't really. I mean, I didn't really think there was going to be much to the film. Otherwise, honestly, it sucks that 
Pierce Brosnan took up most of the screen time. I hate when trailers like just mismarket shit like that. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it's obviously like no. you know the, yeah, they he, have. Uh, Jackie Chan is like the set piece of the you know the trailer whatever he's like the golden boy and he's like the top you know top listed actor of the movie and then they just barely use him I hate that I hate when movies do that that's that's like I, yeah. I wouldn't say ba- I I wouldn't say barely use him like he's in the film but not near enough like I don't feel like he, there were long periods of time where he was nowhere to be seen like he and didn't was, feel like the star right. no and it was awkward that he was off off screen right so I mean yeah honestly. I'd I'd love the film if it was just a supercut of all the scenes where Jackie Chan is fighting something. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think that concludes this uh, spoiler cast. Wow, for us this week. Uh, tune in next week for another episode of the Tiny Desk Podcast. Uh, we'll see you next Thursday. Bye. Bye. <laughs>